Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, great to be with you again on another episode of Informed Dissent, available on all podcast outlets, including Apple Podcasts. Have you been? Well, I am recovering from some allergic dust storm, so I might be sneezing and sniffling uh, as we speak, but otherwise I'm feeling great. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your trip, by the way. You were recently at a uh, at, at an event at the beautiful Broadmoor in Colorado. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. The leadership program of the Rockies. They assemble 700 young, middle-aged, and older people, a very wide range of uh, diverse Americans who have completed a months-long course that they attend uh, earlier in the year on how to be leaders. And it's founded on the idea and ideals of American freedom and liberty and capitalism. And they all assemble for three days once a year in the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, they listen to different speakers who are invited to uh, inform and invigorate and inspire them in the areas that they were studying in. This year, I was invited to speak about my book and fear and freedom from fear, which is the next book that I'm writing in process currently. And uh, Alex Jones showed up as well and Brett Baer and um, Han- um, the uh, the young woman, I keep calling her Reagan, but it's a different president. Kennedy, <laughs> that's it. Kennedy showed up as well as some other speakers and they had uh, quite a lot of really powerful, moving discussions, both uh, during the talks and afterwards. I was really impressed with the quality of the people who attended, the organizers, the uh, the location. The thing that really struck me when I was there was how different the atmosphere is when you're surrounded by people who are all living without fear, and they're living in a state of freedom and courage and, and hope. Uh, something that I think most Americans have been living with and felt years ago, but we've now sort of lost touch with. I never once, in the four days I was there, saw a single participant or staffer wearing a mask. I can't say that I've had that experience in the last two years anywhere in the United States for that long of a period of time. And it was really refreshing. You start to see and feel what normal is. And then when you leave and you go back to the insanity that is California and Los Angeles in particular, you really start to, uh, to notice the difference. You, know, you start to, to notice that the normalization of fear and, um, and mental illness, which is really what most of us are living with right now, is not normal. It's actually uh, pathologic. And I really wish that uh, more people uh, here in Los Angeles could have a taste of that so that they would realize that what they're doing right now and what they're considering to be uh, the new normal is really not. Uh, the, the, the old normal is really the real normal. And I think we really need to get back to that. And I wish that uh, this sort of mindset and this, this way of seeing the world um, as individuals rather than as a collective, where we rely on ourselves and our, our families and our communities rather than the government to keep us safe and protected, I wish that that would expand throughout the country and we could actually get back to you know, really what our founding roots are 
which is uh, liberty and freedom. Yeah, you know, it's interesting about 80,000 people got to sense that for three or four hours uh, during the Super Bowl, because as they <laughs> panned the audience, I don't think there was a person in the stands that had a mask on. And right. so at least for those three hours or so of, uh, of Super Bowl madness, the normalization of fear was removed. And yeah. I hope some of those folks who felt that will now spread that throughout their community. But you're right. Uh, Governor Newsom just announced some new, um, no longer calling it the pandemic, but the endemic um, rules. And they look a lot like the Communist Manifesto <laughs> with, <laughs> with more dictates after dictates after, after dictates. You know, I was at a rally uh, on Friday, this past Friday, at the outside the County Board of Education in Orange County, California, and there was around 300 or so uh, people and a ton of kids, and they were there protesting the mandates, protesting both the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. And it's interesting because there were a lot of signs that said, I'm not anti-vax, I'm anti-mandate. And we heard from a bunch of kids at that rally too, one of whom we're going to have on our show coming up here soon. And um, he was a, a bright little kid that, that knew what he was talking about, and he simply said, let me go to school without a mask. It doesn't help, and it's harming the kids. His message was really simple, articulate, and correct. And I just don't understand it anymore because the science doesn't show that masks help. The science actually shows, and two years of history now shows, that masks are directly harming our children. And there's a psychiatrist out in L.A. that posted a letter and sent it to all his patients uh, quite radical, but it should be normal. And that is, I will not tolerate child abuse anymore in the form of masking. So don't you dare come into my office with a mask. And if you do have a mask on a kid, I'm going to report you to uh, Child Protective Services. So Mark, what made you do that? It was actually uh, a result of feeling inspired by our, our last guest that we had on a week or two ago. Uh, Nicole Pearson, an attorney who has sued various school districts, including LAUSD, to block the mRNA injections, as well as now, more recently, to remove these, uh, these hideous mask mandates uh, from our children's faces, the only population segment that is still being forced to wear masks by the dictator-in-chief, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. And I said to myself at the end of that uh, podcast, you know, uh, I've tolerated this, although I've obviously encouraged children to remove their masks and I've told them to please remove them when they come in because of all the reasons that we've been discussing the last uh, six months on our show. But I have not mandated that the mask be removed. And I said to myself, you know, I, I think there's a weakness in the libertarian argument that everything should be a choice. I do believe that fundamentally and in theory, but... With children, they don't really have a choice. When you give them the choice to leave their mask on or take it off, they really can't provide the consent to make that decision. And that's why adults really need to make the decision for children. That's why we don't allow children to decide what they're going to have for dinner every night. That's why we tell them, no, you're going to have vegetables and potatoes and meat. Uh, you're not going to eat pizza and ice cream. The same thing with the masks. I think that it is my responsibility as the adult in the room when a child comes into my office to tell the child, you will not be allowed in my office without or with wearing a mask on your face. Uh, you must come in without the mask. Um, 
Now, with an adult, uh, I would certainly prefer that they don't wear the mask, but I will give them the choice because I think that they do have that uh, decision-making autonomy. Children don't. And for that reason, I have said and, and said in the email, and I now tell my patients, and there's a sign on the door in my office, that if you want to have your child seen by me and you want to be treated or your child treated by me, uh, you will remove the mask from your child's face before he comes in. Uh, because anything other than that I consider to be abusive. And the child, even if the child wants the mask, the child does not really have the choice, the informed choice to make to keep that mask on or take it off. And I think it's up to us to start to step up and uh, stop deferring to children, uh, but to defer to the adults. And the adults in the room need to say, no, the masks have to go. Have you actually called Children's Protective Services <laughs> on an adult who had a kid with a mask on? I was considering doing that for um, the LA Times columnist, Abkarian, who published an article two days ago uh, that was uh, titled something like, I'm really proud of my six-year-old because she refuses to take the mask off. I wish adults could exercise that much responsibility. And she went on for about a page and a half to describe how she's so proud of this little girl who when adults ask her why she's wearing a mask outside while she's playing, she says, I do it because it keeps me safe and I feel more comfortable. Um, this is abusive. And I even wrote a Substack article and I included that article recently in it and cited it and said that I'm adding Abkarian to the list of uh, parents who should be reported to social services so that their children can be removed and placed in a better home. Um, now, I, that's partly tongue-in-cheek, but um, I think there is actually some truth to it. You know, children who grow up in households that are where they're being beaten and burned with cigarettes, we wouldn't countenance that. We'd certainly have no hesitation in removing them from the home. Uh, why we, uh, you know, turn away from parents who are uh, preventing their kids from developing their bodies and their brains and essentially um, leading their kids into uh, an incredibly destructive and harmful practice uh, similar to drug use uh, by having these masks uh, stuck on their faces uh, day after day, year after year. Uh, why we allow that to continue without reporting it um, uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Have you seen the effects uh, in your practice of children that have been wearing a mask over the last two years? Oh, it's just, it's horrible. I see the kids that come in where they're unable to remove the mask because they feel naked and exposed. So they hide behind the mask and they will not make eye contact. Uh, they stare at the floor at a phone or a device. Uh, if you remove the device from them, they actually have a tantra tantrum and they melt down because they don't know what else to do with themselves. They, they're so used to hiding, um, almost like they're in a sleeping bag. And you remove the sleeping bag and they have to interact with their environment as, as alive humans. And they're, they're unable to do it. They simply can no longer exist socially without wearing the mask. Uh, sometimes when you order them to pull it down and take it off, they will unconsciously actually put it back on their face or they'll, they'll pull it from their chin up to their mouth and then up to their nose. And I don't think it's even something that they're aware of. I think they just are now doing it reflexively, uh, almost like, uh, you know, somebody, uh, a woman at a beach would want to cover herself with a towel because she feels exposed. This is really how children are behaving now in my practice. And I think that it is preventing them from developing normal social skills. Uh, they speak less, uh, they look at you less, they interact less. There is a, um, a, a kind of retrenchment into a, 
a kind of shell, a social shell that is blocking them from actually growing and developing. It's certainly blocking them from interacting and taking risks, you know, social risks uh, of being criticized or rejected or, or judged, all of which we have to suffer and we have to learn how to deal with in order to become adults. Otherwise, uh, we're simply going to be hiding for the rest of our lives, which is the last thing that you want a child to do. So I think with very few exceptions, uh, this has been almost the norm uh, for children in my practice uh, in the last year and a half. And it's only getting worse. I think that once the mandates are over, the children will still, to a large extent, still wear them because they've become so comfortable and comforted by them. It's, uh, it's, it's a kind of experiment that we've, we've engaged in now throughout the country that has never happened before. So we really don't know what the effects will be long-term, but I'm, I'm certain that they're going to be uniformly negative. Now, in addition to seeing adults, you're also a board-certified child psychiatrist. So now you are no longer allowing children to wear masks when you treat them. What's been the effect of that? Well, so far, surprisingly, I've had no pushback from the parents, even the parents that show up wearing masks, sitting in the waiting room uh, while their child uh, comes in without a mask. I had one woman, interestingly, whose daughter, she brought her daughter just recently to, to my office for her three-month follow-up. I haven't seen the mother for over a year. She's never showed up. And this time she came wearing a mask and she took my book and she said, I'm so excited to read your book. And I really agree with it through her mask, of course, while yeah. the daughter came in without it. So parents are changing their tune. And I think even the ones that are scared are starting to warm up. Looks like we have a guest who has joined us, Ethan Fisher. Hi, Ethan. Hi. So, Mark, as I was telling you, I was at this rally outside the county, Orange County Board of Education. There is some two, 300 people there, including a whole bunch of kids, and several of them spoke. And in particular, there is this one kid named Ethan Fisher who spoke. And the audience was so impressed by his ability to articulate his perspective uh, that I chased Ethan down and I said, Hey, Ethan, are you here with your mom? Come take me to your mom so I can ask her if we can get you on our podcast so we can interview you. And Ethan just popped into our screen. Ethan, welcome. Welcome to Informed Descent. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So, yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. So, first of all, uh, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would. Um, I live in South Orange County. And I like to just hang out. I play sports and I just like kind of live this lifestyle. So. How old are you, Ethan? Oh, I'm in, I'm 10 years old and I'm in fifth grade. Awesome. And why did you decide to come out to this rally? Um, so my neighbors, uh, I was wanting to like hang out with them and then they told me, oh, we're going to go to this rally. You could come with with us if you want to so i'm like sure because we already we have like um like some signs or like in our house or whatever and then i asked my mom she says it's all right so uh i come over with like my bag and stuff and then we just leave for the rally so yeah that's awesome and by the way mom is sitting just off camera um, this is just audio, not video yes. so yeah, you right. won't be so nobody will be seeing you they'll only be right. hearing you um <laughs> And Ethan, you were at this rally, and they put a microphone in front of you, and and uh, tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what you said to this crowd of three hundred people. Um, so I spoke at the Orange County or Capo USD um, 
board meeting for, uh, like, we wanted to talk about how we don't want masks in the Capo USD, it's, or it could be an option in the Capo USD school district. So I, when I thought about what I was going to say, I kind of went, because I had wrote a speech off of that. So uh, I tried to base it off of that speech that I wrote, and uh, my friend was like, do you want to ask if we can just talk and like see if they'll let us say something? And so I was like happy that I could do that. And my main point of my speech was probably I pointed out like um, some like hypocrisy in California with the NFC championship game. And then I also pointed out how I'm not going to be in a in-person education because of the vaccine mandate or if the SB 871 passes. So, How did it feel? You had 300 people cheering you on after you spoke. It felt really good to like see everybody and hear the cheering. It was like I couldn't get a better reaction, so I was happy about that. Yeah, that that was great. And mom, I noticed you were interviewed by Telemundo uh, at the rally. Uh, What did you tell the Telemundo folks? Well, um, because I'm Hispanic, so I always feel like um, the Hispanic community right now hasn't been vaccinating their kids. But um, I know immigration's a big deal, and so I know they tend to lean, you know, that way politically. And so... You know, what I wanted to say to Telemundo and just kind of the Hispanic community out there is like, you know, don't feel like you have to follow through with these mandates, but it's okay to push back and to go find support groups for like-minded people and just that there's options out there and that if we, you know, rise up and unify, then maybe we can push back on these mandates because our kids are supposed to have, you know, a right to an in-person education. Telemundo is not typically a media outlet that is friendly to us, but yet you had the courage to go on this uh, on this network. I did, but I did notice that um, I don't think the story made the news because oh. <laughs> I went to go <laughs> find it and I couldn't find it on their website or anything. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so Ethan, what, when's your next rally? Um, I don't know, because my, it's just whenever they set one up, like say, because um, that, uh, attorney lady if because she was saying how like just go if you go to this rally and you um change so we don't have to wear masks and then i won't be here well you're going to be sitting in your masks all day so go to this rally to try and prove a point so whenever the next one is awesome i'll just be there i don't know one but yeah and ethan what do you say to your friends that uh want to keep masks on or that are worried about your position what do you say to them um i respect how they feel like and how they think about it um but i try to come across in a not like too like um how would i say this like overpowering way or like just like prove a point you have to do this way i like like talk about it and say like why is this happening when this is happening and why should we wear masks when we're at such low risk and And what would you say to parents that want to send their kids to school with masks on if you want to send your kids to school with masks on totally fine with me but if you're going to force me 
a perfectly healthy 10-year-old to wear my mask all day long, I, I don't think that's not fun and that's not like good. Like I can't, whenever I'm in a mask, like I tend to zone out and I can't focus. And I always like, I try and get away with having it like under my nose and like sometimes under my mouth on my chin. So. And is your school right now making you wear a mask? Yeah, it is. And so we've had protests at our school and uh, like on Instagram, I think you might have saw this. Uh, there was like two people in cars um, driving by the protest, sticking up the middle fingers. And there was like first graders, kindergartners, like even some toddlers in this protest for fighting against masks. And how about masks outside when you're at recess or PE? No, it's like um, I remember in the start of the year, our PE teacher is like, you guys don't have to wear masks out here. Totally fine. I know the rules are like crazy here, so it's fine not to wear them. And at recess and lunch, like nobody has them on. What school are you at? I go to Essencia Elementary School. Is that in Newport Beach? No, it's in, um, it's by San Juan. San Juan Capistrano. So it's part of the Capo, Capo Unified School Board, School District. Yeah, yeah. Got it. It's awesome that you have the courage to speak out. It's awesome that you have the courage to influence uh, other kids. And I'm really proud of you of what you're doing. And uh, I hope you keep up your activism and keep up speaking out your voice. It's really important. And uh, it's an honor to have you come join us on Informed Dissent. Thank you. Mom, anything else to add? Well, actually, <laughs> um, I think the bigger thing for us, I mean, we started those protests last week with the mask thing, but um, I feel like the vaccine is the bigger one. And it's the one where like, I was at a party last night and um, talking to a, a lady that I barely know and just, you know, talking about like the thoughts of moving to get away from this. And I have no idea where this person stands. And I mentioned how, you know, I worry about vaccine injury because I fear like I've seen that in um, one of my other kids and um, how I just don't feel comfortable doing it. And I'm telling her this no idea where she stands. And so right away she starts, you know, her oldest is vaccinated. Her younger one isn't because she's not sure for that age. And but then at the same time, she's like, I don't want there to be a mandate. I don't think anyone should be forced to vaccinate their kids. And so I've had this conversation just a couple of times now with someone that I know, you know, is very pro the vaccine. And so um, my real hope is that maybe there can be some kind of grassroots movement, even within this, you know, population, you know, that's the majority that, right? Well, I don't know if it's the majority or not actually for vaccinating kids, um, but just, you know, majority politically that even if your kids are vaccinated, doesn't mean we need to force it for everyone else. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of people that are working on preventing um, COVID vaccine mandates uh, from coming into the schools and, and onto the children. So I'm hopeful that will happen. I think if they do mandate the vaccines for children in schools, there's going to be massive protests. We've already seen a bunch of people leave uh, public schools as a result of various mandates and COVID policies. And I think there will be a mass exodus if they try to, um, you know, force these vaccines uh, onto, onto the children. You know, uh, Dr. McDonald and I, Dr. McDonald is a psychiatrist, and he and I were talking before Ethan came on 
about the damage that masks do to kids. It's not simply that they don't work, and they don't, but they directly cause harm to children, and sometimes the kids don't even know that they are creating this dependency on having their face covered, and it's really not a good thing. Mark, you want to comment on that? I have a little drawing in my office, actually, in my waiting room, that is of a rabbit's foot. It used to have a real rabbit's foot, but someone stole it. So now I have a photograph of the rabbit's foot, and it's on a piece of uh, piece of copy paper. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, my rabbit's foot protects you. Mm-hmm. And I put it out there as a joke because if, in fact, we were just using rabbit's feet and carrying them in our pockets as a way to protect other people, like, a, you know, like an amulet, a sort of a superstitious item, um, it would be a lot better because mm-hmm. they wouldn't work, but they wouldn't hurt you. At least you'd be able to see people's faces. You wouldn't right. be suffering behind these, these little diapers that are covering up your nose and mouth, making it hard to breathe, making it hard to speak. At least they would just be kind of um, an eccentricity. But the masks are not. You know, as Dr. Barkey said, mm-hmm. the masks are not just... Um, a superstitious item. They're actually really harming people. If we were told to put blindfolds on and, and find our way with putting our, our hands in front of us and touching the walls uh, in order to be safe, uh, that wouldn't really be a, a helpful measure either. And we'd end up you know, getting scared when we took it off and we wouldn't be able to see the sunlight. I think the masks are really creating um, yeah. uh, a, a terribly um, harmful habit that's going to be really hard to break. And even after the mandates go away, a lot of kids who don't have as much courage as Ethan does and is, are not as strong are going to continue to wear them because they're going to feel uh, that they can hide. They're going to feel like it's a security blanket or a pacifier. And these kids are really going to struggle. And it's going to be very hard for them to grow and develop. And kids like Ethan will be fine. You know, they'll push back. He's got a lot of strength. But not all kids do. And I think the ones that are vulnerable... The ones that really need our help are the ones that um, are the most at risk. And they're the ones that we need to really look out for. So, Mark, what you're saying is the rabbit's foot um, is probably bad for the rabbit. I'm imagining there's a lot of three-legged rabbits running around. (laughs) But the mask is bad for human children. And that's where we kind of draw the line. That's right. I actually had a patient who told me the other day um, when she came in and saw the rabbit's foot, she said, lucky rabbit's foot, not so lucky for the rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) exactly well listen Ethan thank you again for joining us it's been an honor to have you on our show I really look at you as a hero and mom you as well for supporting his efforts and uh, please stay in touch and I hope to see you at the next rally thanks thank you you've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey board certified primary care physician and Dr. Mark McDonald Board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.